All right, and we're recording. So this is Steve and Jennifer Runkle, Jen Runkle, sorry, Jen. And uh, we are kicking off our very first podcast together called How I Met Your Podcast. Welcome. This is our inaugural episode. Well said, Jen. <laughs> we, we had to wait to start a little bit as our bulldog was scratching her nails around our, our, our recording area. So I, I expect that there's going to be some, some pauses, not only for bulldogs, but also for five-year-old boys who are up too late and reading too loud in their room. And I am 100% sure that they are going to come and interrupt us during our recording and, and need something. So uh, we'll, we'll probably take our first break when that happens. But just as an introduction to our podcast, uh, we'll talk about a little bit of who we are, why we decided to do this podcast, and what we hope this podcast becomes so uh, to start, uh, Jen, maybe a little background on you and myself. Short, we'll reveal a little more about ourselves as time goes by, but uh, maybe we can just sort of briefly say who we are. Well, I'm Jen. Uh, Steve and I have been married since 2012. I, we really like TV, <laughs> hence the recap podcast. And we are also fans of other recap podcasts. And when we, well, let me back up a little bit. First, Jen... When did you or when do you remember starting to watch How I Met Your Mother? And you know, how did you become a fan of it? So, fun fact, How I Met Your Mother was one of the first shows that I recorded on my DVR when DVR was a new thing back in 2005. Ask your parents. <laughs> so, I think I just saw some promos for it and I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. I'm going to check that show out. When did you pick it up? Was it season Immediately, one? Immediately, yeah. Did you start it from the pilot? I believe I did. Oh, wow. Yep. So, well, from the beginning. Yeah, I almost feel like back in the 2000s and before that, it was possible to, or it was more likely that you were going to start a show from the pilot. Otherwise, you were going to get a DVD with it later. Um, oh, yeah. Or a Netflix DVD. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day. Which is eventually how I caught up on it. So, you and I were dating probably less than a year, and I knew you were watching it, but I wasn't. And so, I strongly recommended it. I don't remember if it was strongly, but yeah, I guess you did because you were pretty confident about everything you did. And, and uh, well, we won't go down that rabbit hole right now. We get along. We swear. We're a good couple. <laughs> I mean, we've been married a while. Oh, well, six years. That's a while. Yeah, that is a long time to be married. Okay. So I remember seeing advertisements for it on TV and... I didn't. I think I assumed when, with the title being "How I Met Your Mother" and seeing sort of a guy pick up on a girl during the show, that it was something about a guy sleeping with his friend's mother. And I thought that <laughs> guy. Serious. Yeah, I, I was thinking it back. Uh, I was thinking, trying to think about this for a while and, and figure out um, what I didn't like about the ads for why I didn't pick it up early on, and then what caused me to later pick it up. Um, and if you hear some background noise, that's probably probably going to be our bulldog chewing on a toy. We try to take everything squeaky away, but uh, we can't think of everything. Yeah, we'll see how powerful this microphone is. Right, and how much we're willing to spend on editing later on. So I remember one of the early ads for it showed Neil Patrick Harris in bed with what I eventually learned was Marshall's uh, law professor. Oh, that was Played by, later. yeah, it was later. and But I remember seeing an ad for that and thinking, oh, that must be his friend's mother that he's sleeping with. And I was like, this just doesn't really interest me that much. I think when I eventually picked it up, 
was when Britney Spears. I'm not ashamed to say when oh, Britney yeah. Spears. And I'm not really that much of a Britney Spears fan, but this was right after she had gone through her crazy shave her head stage. And I think I just love a redemption story. So I, I think I was just a little interested in what she would be like acting in a sitcom and sort of give her a chance to crawl out of the hole she got herself into by by going over the edge. So I, I probably caught the show when she was on it. And those episodes where Ted is going, and we are going to have some spoilers, but we'll try and limit it a little bit. No, we're not going to limit it. <laughs> okay, well, but we're not going to, well, well, we'll see how. No, well. I feel like we've seen the episode so many times that there's no way to go spoiler-free. And I think it takes something away from it to go spoiler-free. I think there's so much built in. Like, I have a whole list of things that I picked up on from the pilot that are themes throughout. Yeah, and, you know, I sort of, I do like and enjoy hearing podcasts where they talk about what characters do and whether it's canon or not. And I don't want to get too far into that because sometimes the the writers just need to get to the next thing. And so I don't want to say, well, this person would never do that. And I don't want to spend 10 minutes on one issue because I've heard that done poorly before. But I think you're right. I think it is interesting to say, you know, we see this happen, but we know later on this is not going to be true. Right. Well, I've actually seen opposite. Like in the pilot, there's probably at least, you know, five to seven things that are ongoing themes in this series. Right. So I think that's interesting to pick up on and see how they evolve through, what was it, nine, ten seasons? I agree. And they do... It's very the very one of the very interesting things about this show, and I don't. There was a couple more things I wanted to cover before we get into the actual show, but or this episode rather, and and just to get it out there, we do plan on doing a a recording per episode, and so this is going to go in order, and there's going to be some themes that we kind of stick to in regards to what we want to cover in each episode, but that may evolve over time as we start to get more comfortable with what we're doing here, but. Uh, back to what I was saying, one of the things that I'm impressed with in this show is how much they planned up front. Yes. So we're going to talk about the opening of this and Ted talking to his children. And we know that it was the same actors as his son and daughter throughout the entire nine seasons. And so they had to record everything pretty much up front with them so that they wouldn't age out. Um, and so that they had to know a lot of what the plot was going to be for the nine seasons leading into this. And I think you're referencing a lot of Barney's trademark right. or catchphrases come out in the first episode, in the pilot episode. One of the other things that I think we're going to do a lot of is um, I- I'm obsessed with making lists and doing rankings. It started out as something I did sort of on the side, uh, the local – I come from a wrestling background, uh, you know, high school, not professional. And <laughs> – I did. I assisted with both county and state rankings, and I really enjoyed doing that for all the the competitors. And then I just started ranking things in my life and in my world. And I, I've heard other podcasts that have ranked episodes, and I, I really liked doing that. And I did my alternative rankings myself. And so, of course, in preparation for this podcast, I have ranked the all. I think it's a hundred and, and close to one hundred ninety episodes. Uh, from my favorite to my least favorite. I have a methodology for my ranking, which I will get into at another time today uh, during this recording. And I could also sort of talk about other things I rank as the as our episodes go on and uh, if there's some interest in that. And I, I will reveal early on that I have ranked my top 100 favorite TV shows of all time. 
and How I Met Your Mother is towards the top. In descending order from 10, Beverly Hills 90210. Number 9, The Cosby Show. What? You're not, you, that's politically incorrect now. You have to take that off. No, I don't want to... We're not going to whitewash history here. They, we can debate this another time, but The Cosby Show on its own... That's was a, rape culture? <laughs> And you will hear me, Jen and myself uh, making a lot of references to uh, what's inappropriate, even though I don't always agree that things are inappropriate like, like she does. But at any rate, number eight, Modern Family. Number seven, Friday Night Lights. Number six, The Walking Dead. Number five, Game of Thrones. Number four, 30 Rock. Number three, The Simpsons. Number two, How I Met Your Mother. And number one, Drum Roll. No thanks. Seinfeld. So, obviously, How I Met Your Mother is very important to me. It's at the very top of my list. And after I watched that episode with, with uh, Britney Spears, I was just I was blown away. There were so many, even though I didn't know the show very well, there were so many moments that had me cry laughing. And that doesn't happen very often. Uh, and, and, and it especially hadn't happened for a long time because ever since Seinfeld went off the air, I hadn't really found a sitcom that would make me cry while laughing. Uh, you know, Will and Grace I always found to be very good in that time period. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on what else was sort of out around that time. But it was it was the first thing in a while that had really make, made me have trouble breathing because I was laughing <laughs> so hard. And that was also pre-us adopting 30 Rock as a show as well. Yeah, I would agree with that too. The 30 Rock, as you could hear, is in my top 10. And that's if we get through recording these episodes of How I Met Your Mother, we'd like to move into 30 Rock Four next. Four years. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a long time frame. Hopefully we're still together. Yeah, I mean, we have to stay together for the podcast. Maybe that's what we should call it. So I'd like to, you know, besides just introducing what we liked about this show, I'd also like to do a brief conversation about what we like about podcasts because you became interested in podcasts a lot a lot longer ago than I did and I remember when you and I first met I think you were already listening to Kevin Smith podcast yeah I think that may have been the only podcast I listened to I think I got my first iPod back in 2005 maybe 2006 and I was a big Kevin Smith fan and he had a podcast and I downloaded that and listened to a bunch of the episodes and then I kind of fell off of it. Um, I don't really remember listening to anything for a while. And then, of course, Serial came out, and I had to listen to that. And from there, I needed to know what happened to the story after that. And I got into Undisclosed and went down this nice rabbit hole of true crime podcasts. And then from there, just started you know, needing to branch out and found some you know, TV-related, entertainment-related ones. Um, and I can't remember exactly how I stumbled across like recap podcasts, but we ended up finding a few and then I shared them with Steve who has a deep love for TV and his life was never the same. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a very nice childhood and I had a very good single mom raising me. That being said, the TV in that time frame was sort of like a babysitter to us. And now that we're parents, we can sort of understand that we're, we'll guiltily sit our kid down in front of his latest obsession on TV for a couple hours uh, so we can get things done on a weekend day. Now, that being said, we also find activities for him to do. I don't want to give the wrong impression of, you know, with us. 
uh, I don't want to give the wrong impression that we just plop him in front of his iPad or TV all day. We try and limit that. But he's five right now. I'm not too worried about it. This isn't a parenting podcast. I think it's fine. Okay, yes. But we will somehow sometimes uh, segue into other things that are a little bit uh, parallel, but not terribly related with How I Met Your Mother, as we've seen it happen. But so I, I didn't really understand what a podcast was when Jen first started listening to it. It, it, it occurred to me that it was something like talk radio, but recorded, and you could listen to it at your own pace. But I didn't listen to talk radio, so I didn't really think I'd want to listen to any podcasts. I like Kevin Smith's movies, some of them. So that wasn't a really great start for me uh, because I, I wasn't such a big fan that I wanted to hear him talk about a lot of things. But uh, And you wouldn't listen to Serial with me? No, and, and I'm still not interested in true crime podcasts. And you that, still haven't listened to Serial. Yes. Maybe that would turn around. Could be. <laughs> um, you know, I have a limited time and I know what I like. And it, it does. I'm a late adopter to things as, as such with podcasts. But you had mentioned to me, hey, there's, I came across, you came across a podcast uh, for Seinfeld and that they went oh, through right. the episodes, you know, from beginning to end. And I probably, it was probably already about four seasons into it when I picked it up, which I love. They're, one of my favorite things in the world right now, th- something that makes me so happy is when I find a podcast that I like and it's either done or midway through yep. and I can just binge it. Because, yeah, I, I drive about an hour to work, somewhere about an hour home from work. Anytime I'm doing work around the house, I have my headphones in. When I'm doing yard work, when I'm just driving casually around, when I'm, when I'm shopping uh, for groceries or, or anything else. I mean, it's just such a nice companion. That used to be music for me when, you know, I finally got my, my uh, iPod. But now it's strictly podcasts. And so I, I even resisted her suggestion of the Seinfeld one. And then we were, I want to say we were traveling Probably. and decided to listen to one together. We, we had a long trip and you said, hey, do you want to try one of these? And I did. And of course, we go into the next and next, next, next. Um, and then so that became the one I listened to. And I, it was the only one. And there were so many of them that I just wasn't running out of them. And it was, it was uh, by Rob Cesarnino and Akiva Whitaker. Whitaker. Uh, two guys that live across the country from each other. And it was my first introduction to a podcast, and I really liked their format. I was such a huge fan of Seinfeld, and they hadn't really seen it since they were kids, more or less. And so they would get a lot of stuff wrong, and it would really upset me, but I couldn't comment to them because I was so far behind. So, th- you know, that's, th- that's the one thing that's tough about joining a podcast late, podcast late. But then I started to get into the other recaps that their group was doing, uh, especially um, The Walking Dead, and they also do Game of Thrones. And then sometimes I even started, oh, okay, so our our bulldog has picked up her water, bu- water bowl and ran around with it, which means she's out of water, and she wants us, we'll have to start taking pictures of this stuff, because uh, she really is an adorable bulldog, and... So when she's out of water, she'll sometimes grab her bowl and her teeth, stand up and start running around with it until she gets some water from us. And so Jen's getting the water right now for her. So I'll continue on this. Uh, Rob Cesarnino and his podcasts, uh, I would even start picking up shows because they were podcasting. In fact, they do a Mr. Robot podcast, and I liked the first season of Mr. Robot, but I probably wouldn't have stuck with it if it weren't for their podcasts, in, in, you know, partially because they really unpack 
the small details that I miss in an episode. I don't miss much in sitcoms, but when it comes to you know sort of mysteries or suspense, um, I, I don't capture all the little details and make the connections all the time. So it's helpful to, to hear others talk through it. And then I started to branch into non recap podcasts. So I started getting into you know some some financial ones and some business business wars is a good one. Uh, for business, and then uh, and then I started to really enjoy the long form interview podcasts like Mark Marin, and I just started to listen to Dak Shepherd's, which is really good as well. Uh, and uh, there, there's a couple other ones that I listen to that maybe we'll talk about later on. But so I think we're going to steal a little bit and piece, and then find something original for ourselves. And when when we start to get into these podcasts, we thought, you know, wouldn't it be fun to do our own? And yes. we've been talking about this for a while. Finally decided to. Take the plunge. Exactly. And at the time that we first started talking about this, How I Met Your Mother was probably the most logical because it was one that we both loved outside of Seinfeld. And Seinfeld, we already felt, had been done to our satisfaction. And at the time, there wasn't really anything that went episode by episode for How I Met Your Mother. We're going to have to start calling How I Met Your Mother Hemium eventually once we start to... Oh, do we? You don't like that? I don't. You're not an acronym person? I am, but Himium doesn't roll off the tongue. We'll we'll figure it out. Okay. So we can't start calling our podcast "How I Met Your Mother." How I Met Your Podcast. Himyip. Oh, please don't. <laughs> All right. So that's crossed off. Here, crossing <laughs> sounds with my pen. Um, right. So now we did take a. We did notice the other day. We're now recording on uh, December thirtieth, twenty eighteen. That there are a couple more podcasts for How I Met Your Mother out. Yeah, the last time I looked, there was one that had started to do a recap and ended about twenty seventeen. And now, when we looked a couple days ago, there are two. Um, but I did see that one of them is doing it no spoilers. So you know, there's something different there. And then the other one is starting. With season six, and they're officially they're they're officially associated with the show, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it, it I can't remember somehow through the studio, and they were going to have actors, maybe producers, directors, creators. So you know, even though there's a few other ones out there, ours is going to have a little bit of a different spin onto it. And it, <laughs> Steve wants to claim that he knows the show better than the creators or the actors <laughs> or the writers. No. Probably not them, but I, I think for most most avid fans, I, I probably know a lot more about the show. I don't think I know more about than the. But I, you know, I bet if you sat myself and one of the actors down and did some trivia, because they've moved so much <laughs> further beyond it now, they're not watching that, it. All yeah, they're not watching it every day. I, I bet I would know quite a bit more than than they do on some of the facts. And you can just sort of tell this because when you when you see interviews with these actors, often they they don't seem to know everything that's going on. With They're the not show. watching. Their own yeah, show. they might not even watch it. Yeah, I mean that's right. that's a good point. Um, so at any rate, I what's your feeling about length of podcast? Because we didn't really talk about this. And well, I think we're already on what like thirty minutes. And we haven't no, gotten into the show yet. No, we're coming up on twenty. Twenty. Okay, that's not so bad. So no, my my only question is, I mean, do we want to try and stick to a certain time? Or do we want to just see how it goes for a while and let people tell us that we're too long and boring or we're too short? Or... Yeah, I think we see where it goes, see how much is in a specific episode, what tangents we may or may not go down. See if anyone actually ever listens. Yeah. That yeah too. See if we get any feedback. Right. So I actually like long podcasts. I like them, but 
I don't know, when I'm trying to binge, there's almost something more satisfying with shorter ones where it's like you can get 10 done in a day if you're really dedicated. That's how I am with TV shows, but for some reason with podcasts, because I fear of getting to the end of them, um, that I, I actually like the very long ones. And I, I enjoy when, you know, one of Mark Maron's gets me through a whole day. Right. Because maybe my, my ride isn't as long or whatever. But anyway, so yeah, I guess, you know, ideally this would be an hour long podcast, but we'll see how it goes. I think this should probably be the intro episode. Well, we're not always going to take this long to get into the show. <laughs> well, no, I think it might be good, though, to have the, the intro of, like, this is our podcast, this is what our plan is, and then maybe have a separate one for the actual pilot. I don't think so, because I don't think anyone's going to want to listen to this and then not actually hear about the show if what they're tuning in is for the show. I don't think we're that interesting yet. So I, with, without further ado, why don't we go ahead and jump into the actual pilot episode? And, you know, we, we, all, we get the same opening that I believe they have the entire show. As yeah, in, we'll as have to track the, that. Is there always a kid's... No, no, not that. No. What I'm referring to is the, the opening song to it. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the opening credits for it is, I think, the same throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, but it's so short, who cares, right? What do you think of it? What, you know, in, your, in the pantheon of all opening songs and, and credits of a show, how do you find How I Met Your Mother? I mean, it's pretty catchy. I th- I feel like towards the middle or the end, though, they stopped doing the whole song and they just did kind of like the last few bars of it. I think that's pretty typical with shows. Like even Seinfeld started just do that yeah. early on, you know, at, at the very beginning. So, yeah, I think that happens over time. Remember when Tyler was two or three and he walked in the room <laughs> and we were watching an episode and the opening song came on and he started grooving to right. it. And then, no, and that was the ending. It was the end credits. Well, it was whatever. Well, the end credits in the beginning are basically the same, aren't they? But the yeah. end credits are, are longer. So it was right. easier for him to catch that. And he'd make <laughs> us back it up. He, he, you know, in what limited words he had at the time, he'd say again. Right. And we'd have to back it up, you know, do, a, do, do the 15 second, you know, replay and let him continue to dance to it, which was cute as him kind of just dipping his tushy lower <laughs> and, and bobbing up and down to it. So that. That's high marks in my, you know. And I did <laughs> an A plus from Tyler. I did, and I won't go over it unless someone asks. But I did rank my favorite uh, opening credit TV songs. Of course, you did. And I don't <laughs> think I don't think I put this one on there because really, it's just. And I don't mind this. It's just you know, ten seconds typically, if that. And right. then we get right into the show, which is what we should do right now. So all right, nice segue. So, right. So we open up. We know it's it, the year is twenty thirty, and I, you know. I, it's hard to it's hard to determine are they in that room the whole time for every single are they going over a few days or a couple months because we know that he's telling them this long story right. but I don't get a sense that they're clear with us as to whether we're supposed to believe that this was one long story that he told over this entire period or whether okay over the course of a year he sort of sat them down Yeah, I think we'd have to pay attention to what the kids are wearing. I feel like they're always in the same outfits, but maybe... Oh, that's a good question. And we'll, hmm. we'll, we'll look at that for the next one and, and keep, start to try and keep track of that. Right. Also, he always opens with kids. kids. Yep. Right. So I don't think he's going to do that in the same conversation, right? If if we're talking to our Tyler, it's not like, Tyler, <laughs> dot, 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 here's the story. Tyler, dot, 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 dot. So... Right. And then it, there's a lot of callbacks for how he talks to them. Like, remember the time when I told you about this? Right. That would indicate that it was probably a separate day. Interesting. I like how the kids ask, is this going to take a while? <laughs> it's like, yes, nine years worth. <laughs> um, 
so you know let's let's give it an opinion of where you sort of how you feel about how the pilot landed when you rewatched it in with with sort of a, a more careful eye what do you think of this episode I mean, overall, I liked it. There was a few cringeworthy moments that I feel like Marshall has, and even Lily has a few of in the first, maybe into the second season. Like Marshall's robot commentary about the break of dawn, like really, like legitimately made me cringe. Yeah, I want to sort of go through the show beat by beat because <laughs> that's one of the notes I have too. Right. So that was just, you know, other than that, like for the most part, it, it held up pretty well. Um, you know, it was entertaining, but again, I've seen it so many times but i think it's a good a good first show i think it was you know a good pilot it was obvious why they picked it up it made you want to see what happened next like you you think that robin's the mom and then oh my goodness no she's not she's just aunt robin so what's gonna happen next so i'll go ahead and and reveal this up front i'm trying to find it on my my, my rankings i have the pilot ranked 162 out of the 198 episodes. Um, I I really do feel like if I had seen the pilot when it first came out, I probably wouldn't have stuck around for the next few episodes. Really? Yeah, I thought... I think you sort of nailed it with Marshall and Lily. But there was just such a small aspect of the show. Like That was the only nitpick I really have with it. Yeah, I don't feel like it was it was well acted by them, and and <laughs> these are actors we've seen in a million other things, and um, uh, Allison Allison Hannigan clearly had had been in you know Buffy and the American Pie. Yeah, and I feel like there's a hint of American Pie esqueness to Lily that she has in that first season that she really? loses, like just kind of her speech patterns a little bit and the little like. I don't know. There's there's something to it that makes me feel like she's playing a version of that character. Well, I mean, if if you look at the first episode of Seinfeld, that wouldn't pull you back in. Maybe probably well, not. No, but Seinfeld's notoriously bad in its first season. Right, and so I feel that you know, as I went through the seasons, because to to rank these, I went back through every episode again and and did a ranking. The way I base my ranking is on three things. One, it's like individual little points for anything that made me laugh again. Uh, or that I knew made me laugh earlier on, even though I've heard it too many times now. Maybe I didn't laugh this time. Uh, the second thing is, how many things have you and I sort of quoted over time? So what lines really stuck with us? Because that's really how you sort of find your favorite shows right. is, you know, how much do I steal from this? Yeah, so I would have to say at least 50% of our conversation is stolen quotes between How I Met Your Mother, 30 Rock, The Simpsons... And I feel like there's a fourth one that I'm blanking on. Oh, and Seinfeld. Right. Yeah. Modern Family is starting to come in yeah. there a little bit. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> but yeah, we do steal a lot from How I Met Your Mother. There's, uh, We're interesting people on our own. But yeah, most of... Usually if you're laughing at something we say, it's because we've been quoting something and you don't realize where it came from. Or you get weird looks because people don't know that you're quoting and then... Right, yeah, like, so sometimes we'll do inside jokes just to make the other person laugh, and, and then if we feel like it, we'll explain it to the person that's giving us the <laughs> weird look. Like, oh, that was from, you know, Simpsons or something of that nature. But anyway, um, so, fun fact, Neil Patrick Harris did not want to do this show when he read the script and the description of the show because they they, writ, they wrote the Barney character to be something like a John Belushi, like a barrel-chested, hairy... 
heavy guy. And you could sort of sense that when they chose the name Barney. I'm surprised right. they didn't end up changing the name Barney because really Neil Patrick Harris doesn't fit the Barney name. That's that's such right. a strange thing to stay with. I think if we sat here, we could probably come up with much better names for who he was. Although, you know, he's from Staten Island. If you kind of add all these things up, you know, there, there's probably not Barney, but not, you know, not anything slick either. He's not going to be a Brett or, you know, or a Steve. Really? Um, <laughs> So, but but he was very close with the guys that did the writing for this, and uh, they talked him into it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. So that is a fun fact. I read Neil Patrick Harris's autobiography, which is written in a choose-your-own-adventure kind of format of to for Neil to take this job, go <laughs> to this page. If you want to see him go and try and become a magician, go to this page. Now, I just kind of wanted to read his memoir from beginning to end, so I didn't go off on all the different tangents. No, no, I just kind of went along with what I think he actually did. Um, but he, he spoke about doing this show extremely fondly. I mean, it, it, was, it, it almost sa- sounded like he's sad to this day that it's over. He said it was the best nine years of his life. He had such great things to say about his co-stars. Um, and I'll sort of maybe some of those things will kind of pop up. But he had known Alison Hannigan for a long time because they were both child actors and oh, had been in the industry together for a while. Um, and he had tremendous respect for the other actors. And if things kind of come up in my head, I might mention some of them. So uh, we start off. We know it's 2005. Ted was 27 at the time. Yes. And what's interesting as you know time inevitably moves forward is you know in 2005 i was 22 and so all these characters were older than me now i'm 36 and they are all younger than me and it's kind of interesting to see from the different perspectives yeah and i think i I mentioned this not that long ago that i was re-watching beverly hills 90210 again and i'm i'm 43 i'm older than the parents (laughs) And that is just insanity to me. And I don't, I can't believe that I look as old as they look. Now, maybe they were playing it young, but I think I looked up their ages and they were around that age too. So, or no, I figured out that I was their age because that's the age of the actors. Uh, um, I think that's how, that's how I figured that out. But anyways, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think I was 30 when this show started, although I guess I would have been about 32 when I started watching it. So I would have been about five years ahead of their age. Um, so we start off. The scene with the marriage proposal. Um, and I found, you know, besides the acting being a little awkward in it, the, they mistimed some of the laugh tracks. There was like... Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. They would like... Or, or they would put a laugh track on when they'd say something normal and not make a joke. Hmm. There was something where they said a line like, what was I doing? And then all of a sudden it broke out laughing. Now they use... This is a multi-camera show. When they do multi-camera shows, typically there's an audience, but they didn't do this with an audience. So they had a laugh track that they would use for this show. So they kind of did it at their own did pace. Did they do it with, like, the people watched it and then no. put the laughs in? Or it was just like, we My, decide that people are going to think this is funny. I, yeah, I think it's all canned. Oh, oh there's, there's our the dog. Bulldog. Quiet. No one wants your opinion. <laughs> See, I hate canned laughter. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, it's good for you. It's like take Good for you. So, you know, that really bothered me about this first scene. And I feel like I feel like Jason Siegel's choices as Marshall, they, he really nailed it 
episodes from now. I mean, right. it, it didn't take long for him to get in the right zone, but he was trying to play this sort of bouncy, goofy guy. Um, right. I feel like it was poorly directed for him, but you know, as shows go along, the the writers start writing for the tra- traits of the person and, and for right. their strengths. Yeah. So. I mean, no pilot's perfect. You know, there's no perfect characters in the pilot. Um, so that was a bad scene for me. That yeah, and you're you're coming about till the break of dawn. Oh, it was so just bad. oh yeah, that was so cringeworthy and not in a good, not in a Larry David cringeworthy <laughs> kind of way, in in a, in a much different kind of way. So next, I think shortly after that, not to get all out of order, but then like I think shortly after that, Lily says something about him being a little bitch, and that was also another one where it's just like oh god. And I don't know if that was funny in 2005, but it definitely was not funny. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, you chickened out like a little bitch. Yeah, we're going to figure out how how much we want to talk about the way this show is aged. Because, you know, I listened to a, a pretty good podcast about 90210, and these women sort of love to hate the show. And they're just brutal on the behavior of people in, 19, in the 90s about the sexism. And it's all, it's things that you would never have thought of as sexist back then. But now it's like, okay, yeah, no, that's not right. Yeah, and I feel like we're going to get a lot of that with all of Barney's deceptions. And a lot of that um, <laughs> right now in this Me Too culture is really going to play badly. But we'll see. It is, but, you know, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting to track as we go. Because... It is, a lot of people would say now it's sort of rape culture if you will. Yeah, and a little, like, non-consenty. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's a good point, too. And we'll sort of track along, like, okay, on a scale from 1 to 10, how bad is this in our current culture? Like, Because I, I don't want to say they couldn't get away with it, but they'd have to be, it'd have to be a darker show and the character get more retribution for it. I mean, I, I feel like they could get away with it now, but... They, he couldn't be a hero. Right. I don't think anyone looked at that character and was like, I want to be like him. So I don't that's think true. they played it like, <laughs> this is someone that's adm- admirable. Yeah, well, we'll get into that as it goes. He doesn't do anything heinous in this first episode. So, so you know, the, the very first introduction of him has him going right into, you know how I've always liked half-Asian girls? Now I like Lebanese girls. Lebanese girls are the new half-Asian girls. Yeah, again, that was a little... Cringeworthy, uncomfortable. Yeah, because we're not these days. People are are really sort of reprimanded for talking about people's cultures that way and fetishizing. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah you're going to keep me up to date on what the latest buzzwords are on <laughs> on offensive behavior. So then we get right into a suit up. You know, you, you didn't suit up, and of course they're going to stick with this one throughout yes. the show. That is obviously. definitely one of the ones that continues. It's Typically always funny. Yeah. For such a simple line, I think it worked well. And, you know, the, the Barney character always being in suits, they find very interesting ways to play with that. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think they get, I don't think they ever go off track on how they're, they're, they're evolve. It doesn't evolve, but they find new ways to make it funny. I think I remember one specific episode. I can't remember if it's like two or three. It's, it's early in the first season where he's wearing a shiny sh- a shiny shirt instead of a suit. Right, and that's coming up very soon. I think that's yeah. in the first few episodes. And that's about it outside of, you know, an episode where he very specifically doesn't wear suits for a specific reason, but as far as like going out attire, that's the 
And we'll get to that episode soon and talk about it. He has actually has a good line about that shirt. But uh, he's, I think he's pretty bad in that episode because it's him trying to dance in a club. But we'll we'll get there. Um, So yeah, he's wearing a suit, but I wrote down he had a weird outfit on. Like, I don't know. I didn't care for the tie and shirt (laughs) combination he had going. But what can you do? We we soon see a flashback <laughs> of how Ted met, meets Barney. Now, <laughs> but not the full flashback. No, because, yeah, we do get a more full flashback. But uh, we we get Ted in the goatee. Now, I, I now have a beard, but I did wear a goatee for a long time. And I want to try and decide. I, I don't think I looked like that when I had my goatee. <laughs> what was wrong with his goatee that made him look so bad in it? Well, I don't think Barney never has facial hair, so. No, no, Ted had the goatee. No, but that's what I'm saying. That was Barney's... Thing. No, but didn't you think he looked bad in it? Mm. I felt like it was ungroomed, maybe, was the problem. I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of people on TV do goatees unless they're like a bad guy. I, I mean, don't know it, if a lot of people in real life do goatees. Uh, I'm to think maybe it's becoming less common. I feel like the ironic mustache has really taken over the goatee world. Maybe, but I think more people wore goatees because they were starting to gain weight in their, weight in their face. And it, it helps to sort of draw a line on your face and to give you a chin. This confession time with Steve. <laughs> and when I gained more weight, I decided the beard was a better play. But Fun fact, I've known Steve 11 and a half years. I've never seen him without at least a goatee. Yeah, I adopted. I, I, Jen is my second marriage. My first marriage was very short. And right at the end of it, I grew a goatee, and I got a lot of compliments, and I liked it better, and so I kept it. And I didn't I realize had, you've had it that long. Yeah, I have had it, and I was—I never had one before then. When I was, you know, through college, and then, you know, through until I got divorced at twenty-eight, hmm. I, I had had clean-shaven face. I think if I ever lose the right amount of weight, I will probably try clean-shaven again. But um, yeah, by the end of this year, I'm sure. Totally. Um. So, yeah, I didn't like that. But, you know, he they, they put that goatee to make him look ridiculous anyways. And it'll be funnier later when we get to know him as more sort of that clean-cut look. Right. But the, the goatee was fairly funny. Um, what did you think of Barney's approach? Now, you're a woman, so you don't know about people talking to each other at urinals. Although I'm sure <laughs> once in a while you get something in a stall. But no, the, the approach of Barney... <laughs> The approach of Barney is to go up and start talking to him when, when he's met peeing. at the urinal. <laughs> now Barney's a boundary crosser through and through, but yeah, you don't you don't go up and and it almost seemed like Barney was trying to make a friend because yeah, we, Barney doesn't have any other friends. We never see other people around Barney. That's true, except when he needs a new bro, he goes back to some of his old friends uh, to see yes. if they'll re bro up with him. <laughs> right. But yeah, maybe at that time scene. is when they all started getting married and left him alone. That's true. And he did need a new wingman. Right. So he's he's shopping for a wingman, and so I think this was probably his... I don't know why he picked Ted. Yeah, that, that's a good question. <laughs> Plus, Ted was with friends. Who we never see again. Yeah, and we, never like, saw, <laughs> and we never saw them again. And they don't have any lines. Right. Um, but I noticed that with Robin, too. Both Ted and Robin are with groups of people that... <laughs> Have no name and never make an appearance ever again. And we'll see that with Robin again because, you know, she'll come in with work friends that we've right. never seen. And that happens with her occasionally. Um, you mentioned Barney's outfit. And I did have a note about 
his suit, he had like a black striped dress shirt and then a po- black black polka dot tie. Was it polka dots? It was just something weird. Well, there were polka dots, but okay. they were like the same color as they were the shapes of polka dots on his tie. It was very weird. It, it didn't work. Um, just like his shiny shirt won't work later <laughs> on, but he does. Yeah, he does get really sharp with his clothing. Yes. So they 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 start to write that for him, and he, you know, Neil Patrick Harris can wear the hell out of a suit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He did it for nine years. They one of the things they talk about as Barney's meeting Ted and starting to you know give him advice. One of the things is uh, don't ever don't, don't ever even think about getting married until. Until you're 30. And it's. Why is this something he tells somebody he just met? Good question. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's it's sort of like he's speaking in his bro code. Like that's something that he might say as a bro's. I mean, it's not really exactly the same thing, but the kind of way that where he likes to make rules. Right. And he has a lot of rules, and we'll see some repeats of these things. That's actually interesting because you kind of, as Barney goes along, it's almost like Barney's opposed to marriage altogether. So you would think it would be like, don't ever get married. Like, why did he put an age limit on it? That's true. They're close to 30. I guess, I don't know. We don't know when it was that they met. But we'll see how inconsistent Barney is over time because, you know, his difference, quote unquote, that's the dreams. (laughs) Right. Right. I have one rule. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have one rule. Um, so we see he comes out with a lot of rules and creative names for them, and that's one of his rules is don't get married. But you're right. That's a good point that that will evolve into him never wanting to be married also – or him thinking he never wants to be married. Also, he you know he references that he would never date a girl over 30. Now, that doesn't mean that – when he's saying this, he means the guy has to be over 30. And it's funny because I remember being a kid and being – oh, I must have been about 9 or 10 years old – being in a car with my dad and my and his brother, my Uncle Dean. And they were both divorced. And my Uncle Dean was pretty close to getting remarried again. And they made a comment to me of never get married before you're 30. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And my dad, who's a psychologist and, you know. Uncle Wisdom. Yeah. My dad, who usually doesn't give unsolicited advice because he's a psychologist, he more likes to listen and give a little bit of feedback. Um. His his comment on this was, you don't know who you are and they won't know who they are. And so it's it's sort of bound to fail. And I don't know if he was speaking for a guy and a girl or just the guy needs to be over 30. But just sort of a, there's a level of maturity that you'll reach that will make your happiness and choosing your mate more likely. And I don't – you know, looking back on people I know and what I know – I think it really it doesn't come down to the age. It's going to be different for everybody, and I think people are going to make mistakes that they can't predict. Or, um... I mean, there's not one solid rule <laughs> for all of humanity and relationships. Okay, fair enough. Um, Moving on. So I have another theme that I noticed was Barney's desperate need to hear that he's Ted's best friend. Yeah. Um, Ted, Sam, your best friend. I, that's my next, very next note. <laughs> yeah, it's a very desperate plea for it. Not only so, my bigger question isn't why he needs that. Uh, we kind of know why he needs that. He's sort of a needy person. Um, he's trying to fill a big hole in his in his you know soul, if you will. But why does Ted pacify him? <laughs> well, a lot of times he doesn't. He'll say, Marshall's my best friend. Yeah, but then he'll give in just to sort of avoid a breakdown by because Barney. Because Barney's a child and Barney will keep bugging him. Okay. <laughs> Could be. 
actually, it's at this point where the How I Met Your, your, your Mother intro comes in. Um, but there is a scene where he, you know, they do the, fir- the very first Have You Met. Mm-hmm. And they do this a lot in the early seasons, not so much in the later seasons. Right. That's because people are more coupled up at that point. But this is a big thing in the first couple seasons, especially with Barty. Um, And then I thought it was a nice callback that the girl he introduces him to, Yasmin, is Lebanese. (laughs) Right. So, you know, that was a nice connection they made there. And the great thing of what this show becomes is connecting threads from different seasons and different episodes and the layers of it. Because they'll do, they'll be in like season five and do a flashback to either something before season one or in the earlier seasons. And there will be a great connection of something that you would have had to have watched those seasons to know. And we'll get to, and we'll get there. And I haven't figured out, like, did they film all of this stuff? Because especially with Lily, like, Lily's hair changes so much. Like, did they just put the old wig on her and then they acted some scene? Like, I almost feel like the way that it looks is it looks old when they're flashing back to something... Like it might have been an outtake that they didn't use. Right. Or, I mean, the show is so plotted out that they might have been like, oh, we're going to call back to this at some point. Or, yeah, it could have been a deleted scene that they somehow decided to squeeze in. Or, I don't know. It's it's something to watch. To see, like, is this an obviously bad wig? Or does it look like, do they all look younger if they're flashing back to something several years ago? Yeah, when we talk to the writers of this show, I'm sure we'll be able to sort of <laughs> pull that out They're of definitely going to want to be on our podcast instead of their own. This is going to get hot. This is going to catch fire fast. It's true. So we go back to the apartment for the proposal. And <laughs> I got to watch later episodes. I gotta, as we watch back through these, I got to notice this again. But I noticed that like the design of their apartment, there was just the tiniest hole between the kitchen and the living room. I think this changes, but it's such an awkwardly tiny hole. Like, why would you ever do this? <laughs> and so you'll have to look at it again. Next thing you see, notice. but I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> I will also say that Allison um, Hannigan. Hannigan looks great in this first episode. Um, I think they've really styled her, styled her well. I like her red hair in it. She looks great, I think. Fair enough. I'm a fan of darker-haired Lily, but to each their own. Okay. So, yeah, you and I will differ on that one because <laughs> I think she looks really good. Now, Jen and I had a, a near run-in with Allison Hannigan in Costa Rica. What? Do You don't remember the story? <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. Uh, zip lining. Zip line. I remember zip lining. Was she there? Do you remember when we were going to the zip lining uh, office? They had a picture of her and her friends zip lining, <laughs> and they were like, they pointed her out and said, uh, "An American actress came here once because they knew we were Americans and were saying, uh, I think she was in American Pie.'" And at this point, you and I were already big How I Met Your Mother fans, and it was her, and she had a a shirt that said Allie on it. And she was clearly there with some girlfriends. I don't remember that at all. And so all. she sort of made their wall of people that have come and ziplined with them. So we've been to the same ziplining place. We're totally BFFs. <laughs> Allison Collis. Well, if we meet her, it's an opening. That's true. We should send an email. No. <laughs> but <laughs> if we run into her, I, I do this a lot. Like if I ever ran, run in, ran into this celebrity, what would be something interesting I could say to them? And um, we did run into... Uh, what's his name from uh, Back to School, the stodgy professor from Back to School uh, in D.C. And I talked. I got to talk to him about Rodney Dangerfield and the movie. And, and did you have that pre-planned or was that on the fly? Um, no, I, I didn't anticipate running into him. 
But I was. I was. Remember, I told you that I I was sitting next to Robin Givens at a yes. a bar in New York City, and I had nothing to say to her. Like there was just nothing I could think of that would be sort of a comfortable opening, and so I, I just I was smart and just was quiet about it. Um, but at any rate, yeah. If we ever do meet her, I think she, that'll be the opening, and will lead to a very deep and 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 uh, meaningful friendship. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so this proposal goes fairly awkwardly. Uh, I did like the, yeah, it's a surprise for her. <laughs> he goes, a boogity-boo. <laughs> like, and that's it. <laughs> no more surprises. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I thought that was like a good little scene. Um, and then there's the running joke of him being afraid to open champagne <laughs> right. bottles. I thought it was a little hacky for him to hit her. And if you notice, they didn't they didn't block it very well because when he opens it, she couldn't have been anywhere in the vicinity of where he <laughs> shot it. So well, it, was it was, was it him or was it Ted that hits Wendy with the champagne? Isn't that him later? Oh, that's a good question. I think it I think it is him because he's the one that buys it. Right, because they bought the house. So, yeah, this, again, something else that comes back. Um, and another thing that comes back is when Ted says, oh, and then you guys can have sex on the kitchen floor. Please don't have sex on the kitchen floor. Yeah, we're going to get to those because the the Ted, please don't. <laughs> I think that's one of the one of the best running running jokes that they have throughout, throughout the seasons. Yeah, and so they reference, you know... <laughs> Other firsts that Marshall and Lily have experienced that Ted's been around for, which we will see in a later episode. Yeah, which is very well done. <laughs> so we start to split between the apartment and the bar now, and we meet Carl, the bartender. Carl, he's on my list. Do you have any comments about Carl? How do you feel about Carl? I like Carl. He's around. You know, he just kind of is in the periphery for nine seasons. Yeah, he usually gets a, a line or two. Every once in a while, that's entertaining. Yeah, he's not great, but we don't need to expect too much from him. Yeah. He's never bad. He's just always okay. And the Lebanese girl ends up being his girlfriend. <laughs> right. And so why why is she talking to Ted? You know, this is something <laughs> that guys hate, and this is sort of a recurring theme on shows and, and sitcoms, is the girl that talks to the guy for a while and then uh, finds out, you know, then confesses that she has a boyfriend. And in this case, it's the boyfriend that's actually Oh, the no, the move is, oh, my boyfriend said this, or my boyfriend thinks that. You just kind of slyly move it in there. Right, but you're you're talking <laughs> about when they're pulling an audible, when they get up the line and they don't like how the play looks. And then they're no, saying I'm about saying, the boyfriend. Like, no, when you actually have a boyfriend. How, how when we were dating, how long would it t- take you to introduce my boyfriend? Wait, before you answer this, let me finish the sentence. How long would it take you to fit my boyfriend into a sentence? And did it depend? Was it, did it match the amount of good looking the guy was before you pulled out there? I don't remember exactly, but I do remember, you know, wanting to make whoever I was talking to aware that like, this isn't a thing that's going anywhere. Good. And so it was a, oh, my boyfriend, before it gets too far down the road, like, go find another girl that doesn't have a boyfriend that you can spend some time talking to and then that way too then then it's up in the air so for you it really was the avoidance of right up front oh so my boyfriend's coming next weekend or you know you just try and find a creative way early on but not after you feel like there's already been some flirtation right like it's a little unfair to (laughs) and you know that's also assuming that whoever this person is is 
interested romantically. Like maybe they're just a person who wants to have a conversation. That's cool. But then at least it's out there that, you know, I am unavailable. Well, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. But we never know. Does Carl marry the Lebanese girl? I doubt it. We never see her again. <laughs> we never saw her again. Yeah, I don't. They, they never really show him with a girl again. Mm-mm. And then we get that the, the psycho bartender. I can't even remember his name right now, but we'll get back to him because he's a he's an actor that we see in the one with the toupee. Yeah, the one that's in uh, how, the one that's sometimes in Modern Family. Right. Who's a great actor who I really love, um, but I'll have to sort of look up his name because I can't think of it off the top of my head. Doug. Right. Are you looking at my toupee? <laughs> All right, so we start getting, going down this road of, is Ted ready? Um, or he's ready, but where is she? And there she was. See that girl? And then we, we see Robin. And and Robin looks beautiful and radiant. Yeah, and then they, they have a... So Barney's sort of okay in this episode. He's, he's nowhere near where he's going to be in... in delivering the lines and the jokes and the writing for him. And his line when he sees her is, oh, yeah, you just know that girl likes it dirty. And then it gets a big laugh track from that. Yeah. And it was really a poor, even for then, that had to be a really poor line. Because, you know, it was trying to, it's trying to show him as sort of obnoxiously sexual about everything. And, right. But it just wasn't funny. It wasn't offensive, but it just wasn't funny. That's not something you should think about a girl. First look. Yeah, it seems like they were kind of trying too hard with him in that with that line delivery. Yeah, I could see that. So, um, right away, I think the the chemistry between Ted and Robin is great. Mm-hmm. They even look good. They're sort of like that brother sister couple look, where you know they they sort of match well together. Brother sister couple look. That's a thing. I don't think we should go down that road. That's weird. Well, I didn't say we were. No, but <laughs> it's still weird. I mean, if you grew a beard. So, I do notice that, you know, when Robin's out with girls, it always tends to be a group of girls that are angry at men at the time. And that's, this is one of those cases where someone just got dumped or left or something, and there's, there's sort of a good interplay with, you know, you can throw a drink in my face, and, and I I thought that was a well done scene. I mean, I know it's all for dramatic effect, but... She just paid for that drink. Now Carl has to clean it up. Make her another drink? Like That's true. I never thought about the effect it has on the people that have to keep, <laughs> keep the bar clean. But she does a nice... Um, Kobe Smolders does a nice thing where she slides him her card and then goes right to, right. The, right to the jerk and poison his face. Yeah. And just the transition was done really well, I thought. So, you know, right off the bat, I thought she does a really good job uh, delivering her lines and being charming, and yeah, I think I, I think she's the best in this episode out of all of them. Um, soon we go to <laughs> the laser tag. <laughs> I have laser tag written down, but before that, I also have our first wait for it, which is also a you know ongoing. What would we call that? Character catchphrase. Catchphrase. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, when I think back, it's not one of the better ones for the show, but it's always there. Yeah, and don't they? D- spoiler alert! Uh, doesn't Marshall and Lily, <laughs> the middle kid of their chi- the middle name of their child, is going to be wait for it? Yeah, that's terrible. Um, also, I noticed before they cut away from Ted, um, Josh Radner's eyebrows are incredibly groomed. I mean, they are tight. <laughs> 
like not so much where it's like a line drawn in, but it is ridiculously overgroomed. I don't. I want to watch that going forward because <laughs> I mean it, it was way too much for a guy, and he's not that kind of guy. Like Barney, you can see groomed, getting grooming done like that. But Ted, not so much. He likes the messy but organ, you know, organized right. mess of hair. But everything else is he's sort of a guy with. Interesting. So we, we have Ted and Robin going out to dinner. He takes her, takes her to a bistro in Brooklyn where she lives. Yeah, I have that written down. I guess they don't really talk about where everybody else lives. I guess I just assumed they all lived in Manhattan, but apparently Robin lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, I, yeah, I already, I always noticed that that she was in Brooklyn and everyone else is in Manhattan. Um, they reference it several Why times. Why are they friends? That's a really long trip. I think I don't know. I don't live in New York City. Well, but you just recently were there, and did you stay in Brooklyn? I did. Yeah, we stayed in Brooklyn, and then we had to take the train in, and it took a while. But yeah, Manhattan's big, so. What do I know? And I stayed there, you know, what, a month before you did. Mm-hmm. And it was a pain. It was a real pain getting back and forth. I think... I feel like this friendship would have fallen apart. Well, I, you know, if you... You could live just right across the bridge in Brooklyn. Um, so uh, you and I don't know New York terribly well. No. But, you know, where I stayed out in Brooklyn because it was an Airbnb and it was affordable, you know, right. I, I... It was way out there. It was Brooklyn Heights and it was, you know... A million lights to get there by by Uber and to take the train I, because I didn't know which was the express train. And I'm not too too savvy with that, but I knew which train to get on to get in the right direction. And that that was a while too. That was like 35 minutes. So yeah. you know maybe she lives pretty close in, you know, right right across the right across the bridge or something. So it's not so inconvenient. Yeah, we're getting nitpicky. Let's move on. Well, and she might also work in Manhattan. She probably yeah, does for a new station. Yeah, so true. she's probably there after work, and it's going to be in for her to stop by. Um, so Ted, you know, they start talking about the French horn on the wall and call it a Smurf penis. I, I guess just because it's blue. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I. To be fair, I don't know what a Smurf penis looks like. I assume it's not in the shape of a French horn, but... I always assume they didn't have them because you never really see Smurf kids and there's only one woman. <laughs> so I think like they're more magical and come, come about in a magical way as opposed to sexual. But yeah, So I guess that it's you know pretty lucky on you know Ted's end that Robin thought that was funny because it really makes no sense. Yeah, I can't remember if I laughed at that when I first saw that episode. I'm probably thinking no, but it's okay. I feel like maybe out of absurdity. Like, why would you say that? Kind yeah, of laugh? yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, and then, and then we learn about the olive theory, which yes. I like. Yeah, it's cute. That would work out very well with us because it does. I like olives, and you're dull. <laughs> sorry, you can't see via microphone my glaring. I'm sorry, the microphone cut out for a minute. <laughs> So, no, I don't like olives. They're gross. Steve can have all of them. Therefore, we are the perfect couple. Yeah. I mean, if we tried to make a list of the things, you know I like making lists. Yes. But we can make a list of things that I like that you don't. And there's very few things that you like that I don't. That's true. So it's really one way. You really should work on that list. That's why I'm heavier. Um, So we have Ted's ideal woman. She likes dogs. She has five dogs. In what world does a landlord let you have five dogs that are giant? Like, we're not talking five chihuahuas. These are, like, large breed dogs. Well, we later find out her arrangement for living in that building. So we'll, we'll get to that down the road of how things change when she gets engaged. Spoil, huge spoiler alert. Oh, I don't remember that. This will be 
new for me. I yeah, think. well, we'll get there in a, okay. in a couple of years. <laughs> um, but yeah, she she clearly has an arrangement that kind of gets ruined by her getting engaged. Um, there was a good moment where they're back in the apartment, uh, Ted and Marshall's apartment, as they live together. And now Lily's got an eye patch, which in and of, it is, in and of itself is not funny, but... Uh, she, she notices Marshall's right next to her. It's like, how long have you been sitting there? That is funny. Yeah, that was a good scene. But again, I'm sorry, we're being too nitpicky. But then she like takes the eye patch off later, and her eye is perfectly fine. There's no bruising. There's nothing. <laughs> right. They could have done a little bit of more time in the makeup chair for Can that. Can we one. pretend that like there's some sort of reason that she had that eye patch on? And then right after that, we get the two lines that you and I didn't like and oh. thought weren't played well, which is. Um, it's on to the break of dawn robot version, and so you, so you chickened out like a little bitch. So I, you know, I guess at this point Ted's back in the scene. They're back in the bar now, um, and we get a scene where they're talking about whether or not Ted missed a signal for the kiss. I don't know. I. I could see it either way, but like her news van employee people were there. Like, is she gonna? make out with a dude right before going to work while they're watching. Like, that's kind of awkward. Right. But she definitely was giving him the signal because she was leaning in and smiling, like, really nicely. Or maybe that was that was the last one. I might be getting them confused. Um, so when they're arguing over whether or not... They're back in the bar and they're arguing over whether or not uh, someone got the signal for the kiss. Barney's arguing that you don't... Just wait for a signal. You you don't wait for a signal. You just do it. And then he kisses Marshall. <laughs> and I like this in that, you know, even back in, you know, 2005, two guys kissing. And it was a very comfortable thing, you know, right. it presentation of deal. it. But I thought the the Marshall, no, I did not give him the signal. Was, <laughs> it was, was overdone. It was overdone and unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it was. And he looks at Lily like Lily's going to be mad at him. Right. Like... <laughs> He could have said, yeah, I gave him the signal and she still wouldn't be mad. But okay. yeah, it was, it was unnecessary. The joke wasn't that good. They, I noticed that you know when they flash to the bar, there's a, a TV in the bar. And that's where they're seeing Robin mm-hmm. on the TV. The TV looks like it's from 1985. <laughs> it was, I mean... It was 2005. I mean, I think flat screens were just coming out. Yeah, so what, not only was it not flat screen, but it was just like a really, really ratty old looking. <laughs> and maybe that, you know, maybe, maybe it's a dive bar, and that's yeah. what dive bars in, in 2005 in New York City would have had. Now, we were, now, I was in D.C. in that time, and bars were all getting their flat screens by that time. But mm-hmm. yeah, this, yeah, this is, uh, this, this is no commentary on, on whether they were being accurate or not. So Barney got Ted to suit up. Um, well, I want to back up a little bit because they're all at the bar. And I think presumably this is a day after Marshall and Lily get engaged. Like they got engaged that night while they're busy getting engaged. Ted meets Robin and then they go out the next night. So this is, you know, 24 hours since they've been engaged. And I guess, I don't know. I think it's like very low key. Nobody's like, oh my God, you're engaged. Congratulations. Right. They're all busy talking about Ted's first date. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even <laughs> thought about that. But... They're trying to get Ted now to go back and represent himself to her and, and try and get the kiss. And Barney says that he will only go with Ted if Ted does one thing, which is suit, suit up. up. So I don't even think he says suit up, but they cut to Ted coming back in a suit. Now, my question is, 
why did Ted want Barney to come with him so much that he would have gone up and changed into a suit for him? <laughs> I thought that was a weird beat. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to take the cab all the way to Brooklyn by himself. <laughs> yeah, but Marshall and Lily. And you don't have your phone. Like, phones don't have internet then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, but Marshall and Lily would have gone with him. So why, why did he need Barney? Maybe, no, because Marshall and Lily were already telling him to go for it. So that, that was sort of a strange beat of, uh, you know, at any rate. <laughs> and we get the first appearance of Ranjit. Right. I forgot that he appeared this early I in the show. I did, too. And Ranjit, I, you know, I'm going to, between now and maybe the next time we see him, I'm going to have to go back and look at all the things he's been in. Because all the time I'll be watching, you know, an old episode of some show that I, you know, have watched over the years and catch him popping up in it. He was in an entourage as oh, a car salesman. Um, I think I hear our son sneaking around upstairs. Hey, Tyler, go back to bed. We'll be right back. And we'll take our first pause. And we're back. <laughs> yes, our, our child has the hiccups. It's two hours past his bedtime, but he wanted to make sure we knew and could help him. Yes. It's very so, important. Marshall's going to send up a foundation pretty soon. <laughs> You'll get that later in later seasons, listeners. <laughs> so, you know, I want to say Rajit, Ranjit stayed pretty consistently funny throughout the show. And I mean, obviously he did. That's why they kept him in. But I, I, I really liked him in this show. Yeah, I like the continuity. He's there for a lot of big moments. And, you know, he sort of moves up into eventually becoming a limo driver. Now, I don't, think, I don't know if that's a really a step up from being a cab driver. Probably. Uh, maybe. He does say when he does it later on that he's moved up in the world. But it's hard to say whether that's, you know, I, I, I don't know the businesses that well to know whether one's better than the other. So he does go back and he sort of hems and haws of whether he wants to do this. I do like that that Barney yells at him, you're wearing a suit. <laughs> Did you take a note on that too? Yeah. That was probably my favorite line in the whole thing. <laughs> and it's really well delivered. Yes, so we're already, starting to s- we're already starting to see some improvements in the Neil Patrick Harris. Can I, can I abbreviate him into NP- NPH? I'm okay with that. Okay, good. So we're starting to see NPH come, come along here already. Um, he shows her the French horn. He gets invited up. And she's really into him in, in her apartment. Like, you know, he, he definitely could have closed the deal that night if it didn't go the direction that he took it. Yes. With the yeah, end. she was totally into him. They already hung the <laughs> blue French horn. That didn't take long. And then they're slow dancing in the living room, which is weird. People don't do that. Yeah, and my, my you know, I, I noticed this time around that as they're taking their time with all of this, Ted never really relieves his friends and says, go, go on without me. Like, <laughs> right. they're sitting down there in the cab. We find out that Marshall... Texting does exist. That's true. And we, we find out that Marshall was a virgin until he met Lily in high school. I mean, in college. Right. Although we find out later that technically Lily was too, but they don't reveal that right away. Yeah, I mean, they didn't talk. I mean, he was just talking for himself. He wasn't talking for them as a couple. But we also hear that, you know, they've been together since the first week of freshman year. So they've been together a while. All right. So we get to the, I think I love you. Why? Yeah, this is. It makes no sense. Yeah, They had to do something to separate them again for a while. Right. Because, the, you know, it's going to be the Sam and Diane, the, the Ross and Rachel. The, we need to keep them apart for a while. And so I'm not. I think this was just sort of a plot device to get them there, and also show that 
Ted doesn't follow any rules of dating. He he doesn't have much filter. He doesn't know how to play the game, if you will. And so sure. he just jumps in feet first, although he knows it's a mistake as soon as soon as he says it. But then he like goes back, and I have a note written down. Like he's trying to justify it. Like, well, why can't you just say I love you to a girl you just met? Right, and so obviously that that's a bad move to make, and I don't think he would have ever done it again. Uh, but he has this last speech where, yeah, the one you were just talking about, yeah. and you know, if he was my friend, my advice to him, and one that that worked out for me and you was just you know wait until you find the girl that likes this, these things you do that, you know, there's a lot of things that Robin makes fun of him for when they eventually do start dating, right? which the woman he eventually marries loves all those things. And that's not easy to find. You know, obviously I, I didn't find that until I found you, but you know, and you don't love all the things I do, (laughs) but they don't drive you nuts like other people I've been around. And so, you know, I, I think that none of his friends maybe are old enough to to think that way yet. But if you try and marry a girl that hate that doesn't like that dislikes all these things about you, right. and you try and sort of moderate your behavior to fit into her, and then vice versa, girl for guy, um, it's going to fail because right. the real you comes out. You can't hide that from people. I have found, <laughs> and that's dating advice from Steve Runkle. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I had another point about that that I'm try- trying to think about, but I don't think it's going to come back to me right away. So uh, we, we kind of close out here. Yeah, so they finally do have a little bit of an engagement celebration back at the bar. Again, I don't remember. Is this is he still in a suit? Is this the same day? Is this the next day? I think it is the same day because oh, Ranjit's right. still with them. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's interesting that Ranjit's at the bar with them. That's true. I guess they just knew they were going to be lifelong friends. And yeah, they're all talking about that, that was the signal. Yeah, at the very end, there was definitely a signal there. There's no doubt about it. Her eyes sort of glimmer in the last scene with him, even though they've already done the the I think I, I'm in love with you right. thing. But then we get the big reveal when he's closing out that Robin is Aunt Robin. And that's how I met your Aunt Robin. Right. And so the kids are mad because they're like, damn it, we just had to listen to this whole story. We thought we were done. And now it's going to keep going. Right. Um, but I think they set up the show pretty well. You know, it's not, they don't use over exposition on who these people are and what their backgrounds are. Right. They do do a nice, they, they have a nice slow release of, yeah. they almost go, you know, for every foot they go forward in the story, they give us about half a foot of backstory. And so there's a ni- really nice balance and, and really good flashbacks. I don't think any show that I've seen has done better flashbacks than How I Met Your Mother. No, they're they're one of the best. The college, the high school, the way they style them up. I mean, I, I just I can't wait to get back to that stuff and talk about it because it's all so good. Yeah, and they were for the most part such geeks when they were younger, uh, except for Robin. Although you know she was a tomboy in high school, but we'll get back to that. Um, so at any rate, uh, do you have anything else to add at the end of this? I don't. Um, no, I just had my last note is Aunt Robin, and it's a long story to get to How I Met Your Mother. So if if we this this first podcast is very rudimentary, we we just bought the software, we just bought the microphones, we have no idea what we're doing. Uh, but we don't this have a website, 
Yeah, so <laughs> by the time we release this, we'll probably have a website. I hope so. And we'll we'll have something on Twitter that people that eventually listen and might want to make comments can comment on Twitter. Um, and we'll eventually have a, a, an opening song for this. You know, you may be listening, coming into this podcast, you know, a year or two into when we started it. So we might have, you know, gone backwards and, and edited it to include some of the some of the music from the show and maybe even some of the clips once we figure all this out. See how tech savvy we can be. Yeah, I think I think we'll we'll pick this up pretty quickly. And then I even know someone that was on the show that I, I would want to interview. That's an actress friend of mine. That 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 comes way down the road. So we might think of other interviews that that would be interesting. Yep. So this has been our first episode. I think it went well. So thank you for listening, listeners. <laughs> you have to have a really good closing, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we got to work on that. And also, <laughs> and I may all your. Tomorrow's be <laughs> lit with dreams. We'll get there. We'll find it. I think it. that's how we need to close it. <laughs> we just have to look up the actual wording. Yeah, we'll, we'll find that quote and start using that. <laughs> Which are also lit with dreams. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. We had a lot of fun doing this. And if, if we get three listeners, we'll probably still make it all the way through the 197 podcasts. <laughs> Hey, we already have me, you, Tyler, and Roxy. We're up to four. I think my sister-in-law, Mariah, said she was going to listen yes. and rewatch the show. Awesome. All right. All right. See you next time. Bye-bye.